Hello everyone, welcome to my latest podcast. Today we're talking about letting our struggles become our identity. So, what do you struggle with? Think about all aspects of your life. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. What are you having a hard time with? Look, we all have struggles. We all face tough times. How we handle these struggles is what directs our life. If we accept them and don't work through them, they creep into our actions and begin to change how we define ourselves. So what defines you? What does your energy get focused on and where do you find your identity? Are you taking charge of your future and learning from these struggles? Or are you accepting them, living in victimhood and blaming everything and everyone else? Are you taking responsibility for yourself? Or are you giving the responsibility of your happiness to somebody else? I think that's the biggest struggle with victimhood is that instead of owning up and controlling our happiness and our lives, we look to everybody else to give us that joy. But the ironic thing is we're looking to everybody else to give us joy, but at the same time we're finding every reason to push them away because we won't open up our heart. Truthfully, it's really easy to relinquish control to others and to blame others for what's happening around us. It's easy to blame others for what's happening within us. Becoming what we struggle with has become a societal norm, and it's preventing people from achieving happiness, overcoming addictions and illness, having meaningful relationships, and building a positive future. So what is your identity rooted in? There are two major categories I see struggles becoming our identity, so let's break them down one at a time. Number one, our identity in illness. Whether you have the sniffles and like to get attention or cancer is trying to beat you down, you have a choice on how you will react when you are sick. We can all think of a person or two that loves the attention when they get they love the attention they get when they aren't feeling well. And that illness eventually becomes their identity. The emotional attachment to illness is found in attention. So when we're sick or hurt, get diagnosed with something scary and have something to fight through that's difficult, it's super comforting to get phone calls and texts and hugs and cards and love from everybody. Oh, let me take care of you. Let me make you dinner. Let me take you here. Let me do this for you. And there is a severe emptiness that we if there is a severe emptiness that we feel when they leave, whether the sickness is gone or not. And that's tough to face. So it's really easy to find identity in that illness because we want to keep that attention. When it's quiet and we're alone, that's when the negativity and the disease, dis-ease, creeps in. And we have a choice to make. Notice I said dis-ease. We're going to take the word disease and split it in two. Disease simply is a feeling of not being at ease, dis-ease. So that dis-ease starts to creep in, and we have to make a decision. We can succumb to the dark feelings of sickness and illness, or claim victory and healing. We can dwell on the present dis-ease, or we can focus on a happy and healthy future. Number two, we too often find our identity in our circumstances. We all can agree that what happens to us helps shape who we become, right? 
It's certainly true. Our circumstances can build us up and tear us down. Bad experiences are wonderful opportunities to learn and grow. But if we don't pay attention to the lessons that they bring, we begin to relinquish control to negative feelings. I really messed up in my last relationship starts to become, I'm so bad at relationships. I was cheated on becomes, <laughs> I can't trust any women. When we start to identify with these feelings, we start wearing our pain as a badge of honor. For example, I am a really loving man that has a big heart, even though I've been hurt by so many people. Even though we've moved past that pain, we're holding on to it like it's a trophy. So, in essence, we're still holding on to that pain and we're still holding on to that struggle because it's still shaping our perception of who we are. That struggle begins to change our mindset and our change, and it changes our attitude towards the future. My family has always been poor, it's just who we are. <laughs> To accept that your future is dictated by the past of your family or a breakup or a job loss, a lost friendship, anything negative is allowing the circumstances that you are currently in to become your identity and you settle. And once you begin to settle, you will find everything you possibly can to validate those feelings of insignificance, which will keep you bound to that struggle. Victimhood is a devastating place to reside in because you look to others to bring you the happiness that you want while at the same time you're looking for every reason to push them away. Look, there is a, there is a time and a place for mourning, sadness, bereavement, even anger. These are normal human emotions. What you do about them after the experience is your choice. Will you become a victim or a victor? I challenge you right now to meet and control your struggles in life and allow them to fuel the fire of your passions and your future. So how do we change our mindset and not allow our struggles to become our identity? Well, here's three of my favorite tips. Number one, attitude precedes perception. Whatever you are feeling, that is what you are seeing and attracting. If you're coming from a negative space, and change your attitude, you can literally start changing your life in a matter of minutes. Have you ever noticed that when you're in a bad mood, everything seems to upset you? I have a client who just realized the other day that often when she thinks everyone around her is upset and yelling at her, she is actually the one that's upset and yelling at other people. When you're running late for work, you always seem to hit every traffic light and get stuck behind the garbage truck or a school bus. When you're feeling slighted at work, you always notice your coworkers getting positive energy from the boss and having fun. I challenge you right now to start attacking your life with enthusiasm and love. Change your attitude. Give out everything that you want to receive and do it without an expectation of reciprocation. Believe with all of your heart that you are happy and healthy, and that your future is bright. Let me tell you about my friend Michelle. She was diagnosed with cancer a few months back, and in the midst of chemo, and she is currently in the midst of chemotherapy and treatment. If you look at her Facebook page under her picture, it says, "I am a cancer survivor." It doesn't say I have cancer. It doesn't say I'm going through cancer. It doesn't say I'm fighting cancer. No, 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 no. I am a cancer survivor. 
She is hitting the cancer harder than she is being hit, and it doesn't want people to be sorry for her. She says, God chose me because I am strong enough to endure all that comes with this. And once I'm in remission, I'll be able to prove to everyone that with faith in him, he and I together will move this mountain. She will never, ever be a victim. And her attitude is drastically increasing her joy and preparing her for a phenomenal future. Attitude is everything. Number two, pay attention to what you're consuming. When we are experiencing negative emotions and going through the struggles, it's easy to find comfort in music and movies and books and other things that you can relate that can relate to what you're going through. The problem with that is that we allow these connections and what we are consuming to continue to validate our negative feelings. I remember being part of a divorce support group when I went through my divorce. It helped me tremendously up front because I found others that I could relate to. I found acceptance and validity for my feelings because the other members had gone through similar things. But as I healed, I had to distance myself because I began my forward thinking and I was ready for the next step. No longer did I want to dwell on and relive the past. It no longer served me. And please be careful with the music you listen to. Lyrics can quietly keep feelings of insignificance and low self-worth on the tip of your tongue. Remember last summer, Sam Smith kept telling us, You must think that I'm stupid. (laughs) How many times have you said to yourself, Young, dumb, young, dumb, and broke, young, dumb, young, what? You're telling yourself about 35 times in three minutes that you're young, dumb, and broke. There's a new song that's on the radio now that's teaching us to find our own self-worth in somebody else. You've probably heard it. I like me better when I'm with you. Wait, what? I like me better when I'm with you. So as you're constantly singing that to yourself in this little poppy catch or poppy catchy tune, You're telling yourself that you need this other person to feel better about yourself. It's taking away from our own self-worth when we say things like, I'm good as long as you're here with me. When my dad was preaching, he always had a phrase, it was garbage in, garbage out. And garbage in, garbage out is the absolute truth. So I challenge you to fill your heart with positive music, reading, and media. The more you fill your world with love and positivity, the more you will have to give. The last step is finding your identity with purpose. We talked about finding your identity in illness. We talked about finding your identity in your circumstances. But now let's find our identity in our purpose. What happens to us should not be what defines us. What we are meant to give to the world is. Do you know what your purpose is? Yes? Awesome. What are you doing to share it with the world? What are you learning about it so that you can do it even better? How will you make a difference in your world because of it? Not sure what your purpose is yet? Awesome. What an awesome feeling it is to be a blank canvas full of potential. What are you passionate about? What makes you feel amazing? What would you do for others without expecting anything in return? What makes your spirit soar and get you so excited you can't stop talking about it? You will always find your purpose in your passions. 
what you are passionate about and talented with are God's gifts to you that you should be sharing with your world. You have everything you need right now to walk in purpose and build your future. What a wonderful opportunity. I know it's really easy to get caught up in the struggles of our lives and the difficult times. Just remember, those negative experiences are never, ever who you are. They're just what happened to you. You have a choice to say, this is not how my story is going to end. And maybe you've been praying for a while, asking God to take away the hurt, the pain, the burdens. Make sure you are leaving those burdens with him. Stop picking them up over and over and over again. He can't take them away if you're not willing to truly let them go. And if you're waiting for a sincere answer to prayer, know that if you haven't gotten one yet, he's planning a much bigger reward for you than you're asking and a much bigger reward for you than you can ever imagine. You deserve happiness. You were made to thrive. You are made to live in love, to give and receive blessings and bliss. It is time to claim your joy. No longer do these struggles have to have a hold on your heart and life. You deserve to be more and to do more. Thank you so much for your time and attention. I'm so glad I had this opportunity to speak with you. I hope and pray that it spoke to your heart. And if it did, please do me a favor and share this with someone who needs it so we can continue to share the love, to spread the joy, and to change lives. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon.